Wellspring podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. I'm going to share a verse from Psalm 90, verse 10. It says, Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, for they quickly pass and then we fly away. How'd you like that for encouragement? <laughs> what an encouraging word, right? Our time on this earth really is limited. I mean, how many would agree with me? It's like zooming by right now. Can you believe that we're already staring down 2024 and it's like, what happened to 2023? Life goes quickly. In light of eternity, life is short. Our time on earth is limited. It zooms by and <laughs> then as the psalmist says, and by the way, it's the author of Psalm 90 is Moses. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that, but it's Moses who's speaking. He says, after all that, and then we fly away. Now, I realize that for the younger ones, 70 or 80 years sounds really, really old. In fact, there was a time in my life when I was just a youngster, anybody over 40 was ancient. I don't think that anymore, obviously, right? It's all relative now, right, folks? It's all relative. The psalmist also tells us a couple of verses later from that 10th verse. In verse 12, he says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That's a good verse, isn't it? Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So what does it mean to number our days? I think probably simply put, it would simply mean make our days, make our life count, right? Make them count. Every moment we're given, every day that we have breath, make it count, not for ourselves, but for our God, who has given us life, who has given us time. Now, just for fun, here's a sobering thought. Let's just take someone who is like 72 years old, and based on what Moses wrote, 70 to 80 years, and so let's say this 70-year-old person is going to live till this day, eight years from now, you know, when he hit 80. I did the math just real quickly, you know, just like eight times 365. Well, first of all, it's like 96 months, but in terms of days, it's 2,920 days. This person, based on that, has 2,920 days left to live. That's it. That's all there is to it in that sense. But, for, but let's go back for a moment and think of something. There's not a single one of us who have been guaranteed tomorrow. Isn't that right? I mean, it's correct. That's what the Bible tells us. Not a single one of us have been guaranteed tomorrow. In fact, the Bible tells us not to count on tomorrow because tomorrow may not ever, ever come. We don't have any promise of that. All we have is what? Right now. Correct? This is what we got. This moment and my prayer my prayer for us in this coming year is that every moment we have would be a moment that would be lived 
as a continuous holy moment. Are you with me? A continuous holy moment lived for our holy God, impacting his holy kingdom. So our time on this earth then, which is, as I've said, a gift from our great God, is very valuable, but it also is quite limited. And so we must make the most out of every opportunity. Now, if you're saying, where have I heard that phrase before? If you just thought that, it's because we just recently covered that verse from where? Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 15 is where we find that. Look, in fact, let me read verse 15 and 16 for you, which just in case you maybe forgot a little bit about it, since we were just there a few weeks ago. He says, be very careful, the Apostle Paul writing, be very careful then how you live, not as the unwise, but as wise, making the most out of every opportunity. And then he adds to that because the days are what? Evil. So as followers of Christ, we should carefully use our time. I mean, we gotta take this seriously. Making use of our opportunities, doing and using it for good, for doing what God would have us to be doing. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians in chapter six, verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Another translation will say to the household of God. What is this saying? This implies that we should not allow ourselves to be controlled by our circumstances, whatever, regardless of what those circumstances might be. Can't be controlled by them. Rather, we should make use of time and understand it as a valuable commodity or resource in order to touch the lives of others, to make a difference in the kingdom of God through that our lives, making that difference that our lives would glorify his holy, righteous name. Amen? Make a quick mental list in, these, in this moment, if you would, of the things that you consider really valuable to you. Make a, make a quick mental list. Undoubtedly, your list is going to include your loved ones, your home, your church, <laughs> and perhaps a, a few of your possessions. But here's my question. Would it also include your time? Would that make the list? Did it occur? Paul's admonition to live carefully, making the most of every opportunity is a reminder of the high value of time. I mean, think about it in these terms. If someone takes away your money, of course you're not going to like it, right? Could cause some stress, but you can still earn more money, right? Yeah. Now, if someone or something takes away your job, or your house. It might be very difficult. And of course, you're not going to like that either. But you can get another job. You can get another house. But if something takes your time and wastes it, you can never get it back. Are you with me? 
those hours, those days, those weeks, gone forever. Never, ever to be retrieved. Gone. That makes time, I think, very valuable indeed. What do you think? What are you doing with your time? Folks, what are you doing with your time that God has given you? Are you making the most of every opportunity, allowing the Lord to use you and your time as he sees fit? There is another reason for making the most out of every opportunity, and we've already said it. I'm going to say it again here because it says that the days are evil. We know that there's an evil one out there, and he is the supreme robber of time. Amen? That is, he loves stealing our time. So what are we to do? Well, that 17th verse of Ephesians 5 really does answer that. It says, therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And then I love what he throws in in verse 18. It says, and be filled with the Spirit. It's almost as if he's saying, know what the Lord's will is, and part of that is going to be be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what do you think God's will is for you in this coming new year? Do you think he wants your mind so saturated with worries and anxieties that you can't even think spiritual thoughts, that you're so dulled because of the worry, because of the anxieties, the stress, whatever that case might be because of the circumstances that you may be focused on rather than God that doesn't allow you to be sensitive to his voice and to his leading and working and moving in your life. Does it mean that that's what he wants for you? Would that be his will for your life? I don't think so. How about this one? Is it more time in front of the television? I don't think that either. Do you think he wants your calendar so crowded with all of your stuff that you don't have time for the important things, the eternal things, the kingdom things? What do you think God's will is for you as a follower of Christ? Ask yourself, who or what is most important in my life? And I'm hoping that your answer will be my relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's what's important to me. Good. If so, then put that at the top of your list of priorities. Realizing and saying as you're writing, this will affect my every decision. It's going to affect my scheduling. It's going to affect my relationship with others. It's going to have an amazing effect on my whole entire outlook on life. How often do we invest our time, our energy, and our resources in things that just simply will not last? How often? How much? Today, let's pause and consider where we are investing most of our time and efforts as they align with eternal values, or is it just about temporary gain? When we put God first, the rest falls into place just as it should. And so, may we go about our days remembering that true fulfillment doesn't come from 
worldly achievements, but from a life lived in connection with God. Amen. May we always keep in mind that as we go through life, we're not facing anything alone. Our trials are God's territory church for miracles. Need to write that one down if you're a writer down kind of person. Our trials, our adversity, our hardship are God's territory for his miracles in our lives. And his steadfast presence is our ultimate source of strength and peace. And in those moments when we're tempted to go back after chasing after temporary satisfaction, may we turn to God instead and allow him to guide us back to his endless love and wisdom while instilling in us a hunger for his word and a thirst for his very presence in our lives. May our actions reflect a heart committed to pursuing what is truly valuable and everlasting. Someone once said, life is what happens to you while you're making plans to do something else. <laughs> I found that to be true, how about you? Another year has gone by. We blinked <laughs> and it went by. A new year is stretched out before us. May we live our lives for him and not ourselves. May we heed the words that were not only spoken to Joshua, but to us as well. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Don't, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wherever this new year leads you, wherever steps you make in this coming year, God promises he'll be there. He will lead you. That's Joshua 1.9. This verse, I think, is a lifeline in times of uncertainty and fear. It's God's own voice, church, speaking directly to our hearts, urging us to replace fear with faith, weakness with strength, and hesitation because of our lack of faith and our eyes on ourselves and our circumstances, hesitation, replacing it with bold action in faith. This verse becomes such an amazing inspiration of hope. It reminds us that our bravery isn't about being fearless, but about moving forward despite fears. Amen? Why? Because God is with us. Let's step into this new year with the confidence of knowing that in every situation, God's presence is our constant companion. Constant. God's presence is that, and his strength is, is perfect in our weakness, and his courage is our shield in every single battle that we may encounter in our lives. Amen? It was Corey Tamboom who once made this great statement, and I finish with this. 
The measure of a life, after all, is not its duration, but its donation. I think that's a good statement to live by. How about you? Thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of Life Church in Western Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please visit wellspringoflifechurch.com. So I will lift up.